Hello and welcome to the DeFi Daily, a 10-minute or less DeFi and crypto update. I'm Amy, here with Pat, and today is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Well, we step away for a week and and everything just goes back to normal. I swear to God, we, we've done like three pods in three weeks. No, we did a few more two weeks ago, but but anyways, high level, we started like Bitcoin started at 41,000. Now it was all the way down. Or it started at 50,000, went all the way down to 40,000, and then now is back up to 51,000. Today, up 4.5%. Uh, overall market cap at 2.2 trillion, up 2.5% today. Ethereum sitting pretty at $3,500, at three, up 3.2%. BNB sitting pretty at $434, up 2%. Cardano is rounding out the top five today. Is that right? God, wow. Up uh, up twelve percent to two dollars and twenty one cents. Uh, market cap is seventy billion. That's pretty impressive. Solana's doing pretty well. Uh, one sixty two. That's recovered off their low during the hack uh, of one forty, but off their high of one seventy three. Uh, Dogecoin is just hanging out around a, a quarter. That a Dogecoin and a quarter will get you a hot tamale candy. What is that? How I don't know how much they cost, but <laughs> so. Uh, and uh, Polkadot sitting happy at $30. Uh, um, Luna down 5% to uh, $42.85. So it makes mixed day, but overall markets are doing pretty well today. It's uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum really led the charge. Yeah. All right. We have a new sponsor today. The DeFi what, Daily what, what? is sponsored by Money 2020 US, <laughs> the premier fintech conference happening in Las Vegas. We need, from- we need that sports timer, uh, woo, 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 you know, button. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have that. All right, please continue. Go back. So happening in Las Vegas from October 24th to October 27th, we will be recording live from the show that week. And if you want to attend, say hi to us. Tickets are still available, and we have a discount code. You can use code DEF200 for a $200 off the ticket price. It'll be fun. We'll be we'll be hanging out. We'll, we'll have a booth, and we'll be talking DeFi, crypto, and 2020 money. Yep. All right. So like Pat said, the Bitcoin price is back over 50K, but Bitcoin futures market premiums and options, you know, kind of show signs, no signs of excessive leverage. So yep. what does that mean, Pat? Yeah, there's there's a few parts of this, um, but the high level is uh, there's there's a a measurement there's a method for doing measurement of how much people are hodling, and and I know we call it hodling now, but there's there's always a uh, uh, I think they call it stockpile. One of the stockpiling indexes, but it's basically it, you can you can sort of apply a, a set of measures against any asset class that has futures and options trading that shows how how much people are holding and refusing to sell their crypto. And so between this news on the futures market and then just some other some other research that was happening, there is a lot of signs that people are not looking to sell their Bitcoin. People are are very hesitant to sell it. That is pointed out both by like you know quantitative as well as qualitative research. Uh, and that is just a great thing for the Bitcoin and crypto markets. So, you know, we we missed one whole news cycle with the pod. Is that right? Did we completely miss the China news cycle? No, we talked about it. Did we? Yeah, because we had Monday, Bloody Monday. Okay. So in, in between China banning it, everyone freaking out, and then people remembering that China bans this crap all the time and they should just not worry about it you know essentially people are are just you know categorically not particularly worried about any of these pieces um so yeah this is this is great for great for bitcoin great for the markets everyone is happy when when uh there are signs that people are are legitimately looking at holding crypto because that's what bitcoin is for yep 
All right. Next, let's talk about some custodians. It's a segment of the market we haven't really covered much on the show. So up first, MetaMask is adding three custodians, which are BitGo, Credo, and Cactus in a push for institutional DeFi users. Yeah, so so MetaMask recently launched their institutional product that gets backed by other people's coin, uh, other people's uh, custodian services. Great product. You know, I, I love MetaMask. I think MetaMask is one of the one of the better Web three companies out there. And there's a lot of great Web three companies, Bitwave included. But I still like MetaMask is a spectacular company. They make a great product. They they've monetized well. They've thought about the markets well. And now that they're going into institutional, they're doing that well also. Um, this is. Uh, this is great. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, it'll still be it'll still be to see if it actually works up and down the board. Because you know what you want from your MetaMask is flexibility. Like you want to be able to buy NFTs, you want to be able to go into smart contracts, you want to be able to do X, Y, Z. Um, a lot of those things are somewhat hard to uh, monetize from a custodian perspective. So normally, what custodians do is they charge you for either number of transactions and then or and or an, an amount. So. You know, they would charge you X amount for you know, 100 ETH worth of transactions in a month, for instance. So that, you know, if you're going to do that, that, that works great for Ethereum and, and Binance and, you know, you know, Bitcoin, whatever it is. I don't know how you really apply that to NFTs. So there's a big open question right now of how, of how you actually apply um, custodian rules to NFTs, if they're going to do it based on the value of the NFT, if they're going to have someone assessing the value, if they're going to do it based on the purchase value. I don't know. It is super interesting uh, on what's going to happen there. But, you know, at Bitwave, we, we are getting this question. I got the question three times in the last week of how, how people are recommending we, uh, uh, they, they, how we are recommending that people uh, custody their NFTs. So the, the move towards these is a big deal. You know, what happened was with the overall uh, custodian market, is that copper and fireblock sort of got out to a really great head start because they had they basically had both built uh, MetaMask, you know they they sort of cloned MetaMask or forked MetaMask and built their own version that was backed by their custodian keys. Fireblocks has some issues that it's it's very difficult to spin up new addresses because they're the way their sharding works, and they also would say they're not a custodian, but whatever. Um, copper is a little bit easier to spin up new addresses, but is, uh, you know, but, uh, so, but falls under kind of different rules. So, you know, it's one of those things that this is very exciting. Um, it is just another step towards institutional adoption of DeFi. This is going to happen. It's going to happen fast. It's going to happen broadly. Uh, and it is inevitable. (laughs) Yep. All right, staying with custodians and the drive towards institution-friendly DeFi, uh, crypto custodian Trustology is being granted a full registration by the UK regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority, FCA. Yeah, uh, great for them. Trustology is a cool company. They are the consensus-backed project to, to do a basically MetaMask, uh, a MetaMask fork that is custodian-backed. So essentially what they do is they have a MetaMask-compatible browser extension that uses the private keys that they hold. You go to a you go to a DAP. You interact with that DAP exactly as though you were interacting with it through MetaMask. But then in the background, they are kicking those. They're basically kicking the the Web three requests instead of to a local MetaMask over to their institutional provider, which then pushes out to multi sigs and you know confirmations and all that kind of stuff. Um, the FCA is a is a is a relatively difficult to get through. You know, uh, London has very is a very weird financial services market where they have both. Uh, Pretty strict regulators, but then also pretty lax uh, rules in some situations. You know, the Panama Papers came out, and it, it turned out that the the uh, Az- Azerbaijani royal family sold 
a bunch of property to the the crown. And it's just like there's there's funny parts about what they're good at monitoring and what they're not good at monitoring. But the FCA actually is a relatively uh, good agency for this kind of stuff. So them getting through that regulatory burden is is enormous. They will be definitely be one of the uh, the premier go to uh, custodians in the UK. Yeah, wonderful. All right, switching gears now. Um, so over the weekend, a bug in compound put 162 million up for grabs. Um, and this was confirmed by the founder. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll be honest that we're kind of burying the lead here, uh, because we're eight and a half minutes into the pod and we haven't mentioned probably the honestly biggest news of, of the entire week was the compound founder popping off on Twitter and basically saying that he could dox and report to the IRS any compound user. Uh, I don't know if he meant it. I, I, you know, there are certainly ways of de-anonymizing people interacting with contracts. Um, but what happens is that so a hacker there was a, there was a bug in the compound uh, the treasury vault which allowed someone to pull more compound tokens off of the vault than they had than they were than they had access to. Now, it wasn't like an unlimited printing bug. It was it was actually relatively constrained. Um, it, it was it was constrained to basically the tokens that were sitting in the treasury that were able to be withdrawn. So, for instance, like I had I don't know like ten tokens in the treasury that could have been withdrawn. So the hacker technically stole from me as part of this hack. Um, <laughs> but all that all that being said, you know, hacks happen. It's not that uncommon. Then the the founder then gets on Twitter and says, like, we can dox the hacker, return the coins, or else we're going to report you to the IRS. Which, um, for so many different ways, was just the wrong thing to say. <laughs> like, I don't know how to say this exactly. Like, there are so many different ways. For people like me that are deep in the space, I know that you can't. It's It would be very, very difficult to report this person to the IRS. So it's a it's a hollow threat that jumps that just either says this guy doesn't know what he's talking about or he's or he's just like unable to control his emotions as a CEO of now a billion dollar like you know protocol which is super bad for other people who who don't understand that it'd be very very difficult to do that the interpretation is like oh my god compound tracks our users and and can report any of us to the IRS no matter how you slice and dice it the wrong thing for a defi protocol to ever do is to threaten their users with reporting them to the IRS even if it's a hacker um so this was just the dumbest it was honestly the dumbest thing i could that you could have the dumbest response you could have made to this particular um action by a, a pretty long shot so uh compound has just been in in i'd say freefall people are super ha- unhappy with them there's been a ton of just negative, negative verbiage against them. I mean, everyone, no one's saying nice things about them on on the internet these days. So, um, yeah, tough, tough weekend for Compound. And uh, just you know, note to to people out there: if you are the CEO uh, or if you're running a major DeFi protocol, never threaten your users with doxing to the IRS or to anyone. Yeah, just don't do it, man. Just don't do it. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Thank you, as always, for listening to the DeFi Daily. And remember to check us out on Twitter at the DeFi Daily. All right. Have a good one, everybody.